Mana 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 this is social disgusting. Welcome to Social Disgusting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a writer, director, and actor who created the very funny HBO animated series Animals, as well as the live action series Keebler, which is so funny, and is available on YouTube. Please welcome Phil or Philip Matarese. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I just realized it's discasting, social discasting. Yeah. That's smart. I did not come up with that. A friend of mine, Taylor, came up with that. Shouts to Taylor. Good pun, dog. He did a good job, for sure. So yeah, I guess the uh, ever-loaded question is, how are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Yeah? I think, uh, you know, how are you in regards to the big social distancing uh, epidemic of it all? I guess is the question that I'll try to answer. Yeah. I it's it feel, coming back to Los Angeles it feels like it's all starting over again and it's weird because we are kind of encroaching on the year 1 mark of it yeah. happening. So it's definitely been strange being back. I was in New Jersey and you know wasn't being like flippant about going out and stuff, but just yeah, something about the suburbs. You're just kind of, you're in Target, you're in a fucking food store, you're in this yeah. place and that place, and it feels more alive. Whereas my, you know, life out here, the coffee shop two blocks away from my house isn't open. And I'm like, kind of like, all right, everyone's, everyone's dead. <laughs> everyone's gone. It's just me in my island. It's weird to be in the suburbs like that too, as somebody who is in them, because it's just, um, People are so much less on top of each other, uh-huh. you know, and that goes a long way to being able to, I don't know, go out and do things and, you know, you can go to a local store and maybe there's the possibility that not, not that many people are there. Yeah. So right. you can still have some semblance of a life through the prism of a massive, frightening global pandemic. You For know? sure. Where are you, by the way? I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I drove through it. Is there a, uh, a park in Arkansas called Frog something? Yeah, where there's toad suck. Toad suck. Yeah, that's a, I, it's a particularly <laughs> memorable name. America in <laughs> in uh, fucking August, and I just that's been burned in my brain. Toad <laughs> suck, Arkansas. Yeah, it's it's so it's Toad Suck Park, which is in Conway, Arkansas. I love how you just it's just normal for you to say toad suck. It's just like coming out. Believe me, the first time I heard it, or anybody hears it, you're like. What's this now? Like, what's happening? <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, it'd be worse if I was just like, yeah, totes are cool. But, you know, uh, but it's just so, that's just what it is, I guess. Like, huh. it's, I know, to anybody else, and rightfully so, it is like, coming in? And, and I, I don't blame anybody. I wonder its etymology. Viewers at home can look it up, but uh, <laughs> beautiful. Can't you get high from sucking on a toad or certain toads? Yeah, right. That's kind of what some people's psychedelic experiences are they look at toad for the i don't maybe it's ego death or something i don't know how that works i did it as a kid but not for any i I just had issues i guess you looked at toad as a kid yeah once (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know the delivery of yeah once was so sweet (laughs) you're like yeah no it's just it was real it went from a bit to being you fully admitting something i felt a little defensive the way i said that like i cut it off at the end well, yeah, but once. Yeah, it was once. one time I looked at Toad. What did it taste like? <laughs> I don't remember like specifically what it tasted like, but I do know that uh, I did it once, so I think that speaks to, to I, what I that was like. I'm not knocking it. I feel like I would do that. 
I feel like, like as we're talking about, it, I'm like, I'd like a toad just to see what <laughs> what the vibe is. I have a weird thing too, where yeah, I am a massive overthinker, mm. and yet I also have little impetuous things, mm. such as I guess in that case, looking at toad when I was a kid. I remember speaking of little, yeah, I'm basically the same way. But one time I was at my grandma's house, and my cousin was a baby at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was probably 14 or something, and I saw her pacifier on the table, and I put it in my mouth, the pacifier, the baby's pacifier. <laughs> yeah. And my grandma just looked at me and said, what are you doing? And I said, and I took a pacifier out of my mouth. I said, I don't know. <laughs> so I've, I'm with you on um, doing something without much forethought to it. It's never, it's such a benign thing like when I do it. It's ne- They're just the lowest of stakes. <laughs> yeah, uh, although... I guess looking at toe could have potential ramifications, who's to say, but one and done, yeah, did it true. and done. Check. I don't know what it is about that. Maybe it's a Gemini thing for me. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what that means exactly. I just know there are twins involved and that can be complicated. And some people, you tell them you're a Gemini and they're like, oh boy. And then they don't ever explain why. Mm. Why, oh boy. I feel like they say that about everything. <laughs> yes. about, no matter what, what, there's no one sign that you say and people go, yes. Or like, oh, cool, what's that like? It's always like, it's shrouded in this thing. Yeah, there's never like an astrological lottery ticket. Like, oh, you won with that one because you're an Aquarius or whatever. I am an Aquarius, so I did win that. Oh, really? Yeah. We're coming up on my season. Water sign. That's all I got. water boy. Water boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Randomly, I do want to ask you, uh, not randomly, it's very specific. With Keebler. Yeah. Which is so funny. So Thank funny. you. One of my greatest joys. Did that come from real world experiences? I, I know that you mentioned in a tweet that you had pitched for the Tom and Jerry movie like that, three, four yeah. years ago. Did that have anything to do or is it just kind of existing in this, the wild Hollywood system? Because you came up very organically outside of it without the expectation of coming into that. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's all based on real life stuff. You know, Mike and I, when we work together, it's often like you know they want the cheaper weirder younger lord and miller so they'll toss stuff our way and we yeah yeah it's definitely not um part of the whole thing i love is this idea of spending a lot of time working on something and figuring out a pitch and and shooting your shot with executives that aren't always as uh ready to receive whatever you're tossing out yeah so i think that that came at a point where we're like super burned out about getting these things that ended up feeling like homework assignments you know like the whole and that's kind of becoming something i i've realized as of recent is like if it just doesn't because you want to shoot your shot for everything you know i don't my 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 uh you know, resume isn't huge, so I'm still very much so at the early early stages of my career. So I, you, there's part of me that wants to just get points on the board and do a bunch of stuff. And I think that that sort of thinking is is good in one respect, but there's been a couple instances where even from the get go, it just felt really bad and really like I don't know the the pairing was incongruous or something. It just didn't work out. So I've, I've I'm trying to listen to that. A little bit more and not just get enticed by you know a big splashy title or potential outcome of something 
is it that thought too of like the difference of oh i can do that versus i want to do that because mm-hmm. i can't imagine yeah what it is and, and maybe this is my perspective of of i you know they say like one for you one for them and and that's cool but that mm-hmm. is something that feels like it goes kind of against just the natural way that your career has progressed right? yeah it it is that is the exact thinking i have a lot too of like uh trying to maintain things being special and fun but also going for those bigger things uh i got a little lost in the question by answering your your my answer but with that last sentence what what did you say no i i don't even know okay. honestly it's just more of a a general question i suppose yeah i know. do think that, that there is like a you know but i also try to keep myself from going like uh, I only want to do what I only want to do and not being open to things. Cause there is that, you know, when, when I'm trying to think of an example, like what you call it, Jorma Tacombe. I think that's his last name from uh, lonely Island. Yeah. I, he's doing the new rescue Rangers movie. And, uh, which I'm fascinated by. Yeah. And I heard through the grapevine, some of the jokes from it and it's, great yeah and it's gonna be great i bet you it'll be great and whenever people can do that sort of because that's like you know true art if you will as well is him imbuing himself into this sort of these parameters of whatever a g-rated or a pg-rated movie to have um your even lego movies speaking of lord miller like absolutely they, they were able to really make something that was them and also spider-man while while we're on them but was a wholly different arena of anything they had done before i find that very impressive to be able in both instances of the lonely island instance and then lord miller to be able to both have the confidence and and the assurance and and knowing your own voice Mm. and being able to kind of move that having the limitations of Oh, I just do this, so let's stick to that. Mm. It's oh, I want to do this, and I have an idea for this, and let's go for that. Right. Their body of work, I think, is pretty impeccable. Mm-hmm. Lonely Island. So uh, yeah, when I saw that, that news, I'm like, oh well, this is going to be good because they've earned that right to like, oh, it doesn't matter what the project is. I think they're going to put their stamp on it, and I, am, I'm all about that. Personally. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, um, especially them. They just seem like true, genuine freaks. And true friends, yeah. and uh, it's a damn shame that you know pops pop star wasn't received, at least you know uh, box office wise. Hundred uh, percent. But I think they're in pretty good freaking standing now with, you know, especially Palm Springs, which I I think they were just producers on. But fuck, that that one that was like the biggest sale out of Sundance history or something like that. Yeah, it was so gigantic. Our boys are back in town. And even the fucking the Bash Brothers thing. Did you watch that? I did. Yeah. You did? Yeah. I thought it was really funny. It's like, it's such a fever dream that you can't (laughs) even tell someone about it. But at the same time, they, I don't think I've ever watched something of theirs where I haven't really, really, really laughed out loud, like laughed so hard at. Uh, One of my favorite viewing experiences was Pop Star. And just the scene where he's doing Jason Siegel 
Uh, he's like dressed up as in, <laughs> incognito, and they said, You look like Jason Siegel. And he started seeing <laughs> Jason Siegel. I just remember me and my friend Geneva in the movie theater truly on like scenes passing, and you're doubling it down on laughing again, still on it. Oh, what a joy that is. That sort of going insane laughter. I love that. It's so it is rare. so funny that what they do, and I, I like that they do as well as anybody, I mean, maybe even better. Just complete, straight-faced, committed silliness. Yeah. And it's so funny. Dude, look at uh, uh, Hot Rod. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Hot Rod is like so impeccably good and so timeless. Like it could easily have fallen into some, you know, kind of Napoleon Dynamite era tweeness. Yeah. But it's just really really walks this insane line of like yeah holy them but also a kind of com a, a style of comedy i've never seen before how long did it take do uh kibu did that start out as something again making each other laugh and think it'd be funny 100 percent, yeah or it, just like oh we're gonna do this or is it just a kind of an oasis from getting in that trap of like pitching and the system and yeah, doing your own thing both yeah, it's, you know, it stemmed out of me and Mike kind of being in the drolls of, you know, because we had animals and that was our full time job for years and years, probably five years all in. And then, bam, we were in in the system, kind of not happy with, you know, how things were shaking out, just behind the scenes stuff. And... um and by that, I mean, like, I was grateful and having fun the whole time. But it was just, yeah, doing a lot of these pitches and a lot not going. And, um, you know, we like to work, me and Mike. And that was this sort of period where we were just kind of in a lull, working from home before everyone was working from home and yeah. wanted to channel a lot of that extra anxiety and making stuff. That's what Animal started as, you know, us doing a web series and it felt really, really good to get back to those roots and just make something that was truly to us um, as us and as funny as possible. It was It's so much fun. We talk about it every day. I, saw, I hung out with him on Friday and we it's not over. I want to put that out there very clearly. <laughs> OK, um, you know, obviously a lot of life stuff has happened that put a pause on you know, us realistically getting a crew together and shooting and all that sort of stuff. But um, there's there's bigger plans for it too, which would be super, super duper sick. And I think now, yeah, you know, it was a reaction to how crazy everything is and was, and it was so interesting. You know, there's a the, the whole thread in, in Keebler of going to war literally we're kind of developing Keebler into a bigger thing. As I said, we were going to world war three at one point, like yeah. <laughs> before the pandemic, you know, I forget what it was. We bombed somewhere and we had a meeting with some people about Keebler and we were like, dude, can we, we have to change this. Like we might be going into world war three. So it's been crazy for a while. Brandon, I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> the fact that we're not sure what country it was that was bombed. I know. Speaks to something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hearing this guy drill next to my house? I didn't know what that was. I was wondering if it was a drill or if you had like a Roomba that was circulating in the room. My uh, 
apologies to the listeners, but my neighbor's house has been getting... Uh, he it, he has cut enough wood for a village. So I'm not sure what... I, the house is the same size as my house, not big at all. I don't know what he's cutting all this wood for, but every day, 8.30 a.m. to about 3 p.m., um, my buddy's over there just cutting wood. Maybe he's looking to uh, just log cabin it up. Maybe he's going <laughs> to convert the old switcheroo. A, yeah, the old, <laughs> the, the old uh, cabin on top of a regular house. Uh, typical. Typical that's, L.A. That's shit. L.A. for you. <laughs> do you uh do you enjoy acting i know that i do very much so feels like everything again came up just as it comes up so but yeah i mean you're you're all about it i guess yeah i uh it's you know my job is being a writer so i i am focused on that every day i work on that every day um work on different things regarding that every day but it was definitely something i'm uh trying to go for more and luckily as i'm you know out here more and in the world more i've just kind of made friends with various directors and stuff who have thought of me for different things and i think probably for me that's most realistically the route that I would take for that kind of world. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see my, cause you know, my friends that are actors, it's, they don't fuck around. They're actors. They're out there auditioning all the time and, uh, putting in the work and they, <laughs> they know how to do it. They know how to <laughs> act well. And so for me, I think it would just be, kind of, you know, a, a fun icing on the cake thing, but I just, yeah, it's the more I'm, out here and doing stuff too it's also i the more i'm realizing what aspects of making stuff i like best you know it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier where it's i don't have to say yes to everything if i don't have to you know like i i don't necessarily want to be a director right now it's not it's not my strength you know mike is a really adept good director he cares about it and if it's if if i can't muster up the love for a certain aspect of something i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put myself out there to do it i'll focus on writing i'll focus on producing stuff and uh hopefully getting more acting gigs well that's pretty nice though that at the the very least to be able to have that in your back pocket because it gives you so much i would think just creative flexibility to be able to make the thing you want to make and know i can do this and i can write to my strengths yeah yes and yeah and even the few times I've been just a actor on something, it's like totally weirdly enough relaxing because it's like, all right, my bud's in charge of this. What <laughs> does my bud want out of me? And just it, it feels good to give too. you know, it feels good to help someone realize their thing into fruition in any way. Yeah. I was curious too that, you, somebody who has, you know, like t- twins that you developed and the process of making a pilot for an animated series, you find the idea of doing maybe live action a little more attractive in that I would imagine that it's easier to administer as opposed to creating uh, a 
animated show, the aesthetic recording. Do, 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 do. So developing, like me going forward, do I find animation easier to develop than live action or vice versa? Vice versa, yeah. Or yeah. do you have a preference because of one being easier over the other? You know, again, my resume is basically animal. So my best shot at my next thing is animation. So it is a little chicken or the egg for that. But I, I'm also drawn to animation. I love the medium. I'm a fan of it. I grew up on it. And especially working on animals, I really enjoyed the process of making it like the whole production every a to z on it was good and and i think good for me hit personally how i work and all that sort of stuff it's basically a nine to five and if you're just able to stay on top of tasks and stuff um it's it's kind of easy to do and it's fun and it's a slow on unraveling of stuff i don't know really how to tackle a live action show. I've never been really involved in the creation of one in any aspect. Yeah. Uh, the pitching of one in any aspect, but it's definitely, well, I've pitched a few um, that were just insane, but yeah, it's nothing for me like off limits or nothing's too daunting or nothing doesn't seem like anything I want to do. You know, Mike and I are really stoked on this idea. We've got an idea for a play we want to do, like a tiny two-man little play, which would be super fun. Nice. So I, I think it's... But in that case, that's basically another Keebler where Mike and I can put that on for cheap and have fun with it and just make it us and not ask anyone's permission. But also I understand I got to navigate the system a little bit more still of establishing myself as a writer in both spaces live action and animated and features and yada 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 well that makes sense yeah to be able to again to, like chicken or the egg you have to have the the cv the the resume to be able to do the thing yeah but then it's how do you get to do the thing if you don't have the resume to do the thing yeah and also it's yeah it's just a matter of uh bandwidth as a as a person you know i'm developing animated shows right now and i want to give that it's what i work on every day and if i was to split off into something that's maybe a little bit more fantastical of like a lot me doing a big live action tv show big sci-fi thing i just have to make sure that i'm delegating my time in in ways that are most productive for me as a as a business entity i guess yeah yeah I, it's funny i keep going back to in my head just being struck by I can do that versus I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And it really does feel like in art, you know, whether it's animated, live action, just TV, movies, music, actual art, I don't know how to quantify it, but you can absolutely tell when somebody loves what they made as opposed to doing it for a paycheck or whatever. Mm, yeah. And for I don't know sure. what it is about that. I, maybe it's just, you know, again, the animalistic nature of humans and we just sense authenticity. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I think we innately respond to authenticity and that's this palpable, infectious thing, as opposed to, you know, affectation. Yeah. And yeah, and it trickles down to the whole thing of it, you know, it, how it's shot and how it's edited and if it was schlocked together and if they worked well within mm. their budgetary constraints. If someone loves something at the top of the pipeline, it's, it's all going to trickle down in the end product, I think.
It makes absolute sense. Yeah, I never thought about it in that regard. That that kind of palpable energy. And also, yeah, you, it's like if you do want to write something or anything and you've never had experience in that realm just do it too yeah you know if it's it's not gonna kill you it's not gonna hurt you to put in time on a on a thing yeah absolutely i think about that a lot especially you know against the backdrop of a pandemic Mm -hmm. and it's like that thing is taking up all my mental energy of fear you know the actual like specter of death so then comparatively, nothing scares me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? It is interesting. Yeah. But also, yeah, at the, at the yeah, at the same time that was like the thing when Trump first got in office, everyone's like, but the art that will be created under it. <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's been shit. Like it's been four it's years been of fucking trash. God awful. Yeah. And so. also the that the idea of in retrospect of like uh, oh the art that will be created because of Trump. And it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, shooting fish in a barrel with the easiest jokes possible. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to organically really make people creative. Instead, it's created, you know, in the world of like late night, for example, in my opinion, on some level, it's all coalesced. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And whatever the standard was, that line has gone down dramatically and, you know, and it still gets ratings. So I guess they're not incentivized. Yeah. And yeah, the whole nature of those shows became something else too which is 100 which is i think to the detriment of what they were yeah it is like everybody has to have their political monologue now yeah and i'm like no point of this wasn't to watch more of it right it was to right. get away from that yeah i yeah i've never really watched late night shows i i genuinely don't like them it's just like also stilted and like actors are fucking dumb and not funny and they're just <laughs> hot and it's like that's not where you're you're supposed to just be the you, batman like i don't want to hear you talk just be batman <laughs> do the batman and no one's weird like the last weird person was bobcat goldthwaite like lighting shit on fire yeah they just all go on there and they just fall into the same rote discussions it's a snooze fest <laughs> it's also they're like yeah the idea that a person has an anecdote that anecdote is probably sent by agent or pr person to then a person who's an assistant who reads it they then put that on a card and then the show host then reads that from a card and does in the most obvious like tee you up of like and away we go yeah you know what's the best though uh do you ever see before Corden came on, they had all these different guest hosts, and for an episode, Adam Pally one. Yep, Adam Pally, the and best. Ben Schwartz as it's co-host so funny. of it during a snowstorm in New York, <laughs> no audience, and they're just like fucking bombing the whole whole time. <laughs> like that's great. Like, it's that's so what you good. One is a is two natural naturally funny people being naturally funny. Like what did. What a dream scenario. It's so funny. One of the coolest things is the end of it, too, when he chucks the pen and he catches <laughs> it. Yes. Do you remember that? It's yes. It's like a very odd, and they just are like, it's just a beautifully <laughs> magical little moment for a beautifully magical, like, how perfect is that? That they did this, <laughs> this insane <laughs> tiny little stunt at the end of their insane tiny little stunt. Well, and also, though, that. like, in the moment... Watching it now, certainly years later, but in the moment, 
wondering how that happened, and they're verbalizing. How is this happening? Why is this a thing? It's such a delightful bit of chaos, and I love it so much. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Good shit. Good stuff. Good stuff. So have you found that you're able to be kind of relatively creative during all this? Yes. Yeah? A lot. Very much so. That's good. Um, I think I had to jump start on everybody where, again, I was working from home about a year year previous to being forced to working from home. So I got in the rhythms of everything. I truly only feel good if I have done work. Like, I don't think that is healthy. I don't think it's, I don't like think people should aspire to that. But (laughs) I know I I get incredible anxiety. I get, uh, the only time I'm really able to relax is having, you know, yeah, put in some work during the day so like, for me, like feeling you've earned it yeah for me it's it's not just the distractions of working from home or the news or anything like that it's fucking it's god breathing down my neck <laughs> <laughs> it's the great guilt of being alive and and fucking off that um kind of pushes my ball forward a little bit well that makes sense too of just yeah it was way less there was no adjustment period from a lifestyle standpoint for you mm-hmm. because that was just how it was before yeah, so so then on top of that, to be able to have kind of this oasis through which to get away from this soul sucking stuff, coupled with a work ethic that dictates it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that that's a very organic way for you to exist. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's it's as long as I'm kind of moving and grooving in some respect of like my to do's for the day or whatever, you know, making sure even if it's sending an email or switching to a different thing or yeah. Or, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I've actually found that like YouTube is a really good resource for stuff, for just bolstering, like, I don't know, if you're writing a baseball script, watch like 10 theory of baseball YouTube clips. It's just like the perfect, uh, digestible, quick resource that i always kind of have written off as like a weird hellhole but yeah is actually good and a beneficial byproduct i got totally red pilled really no i'm kidding (laughs) it's just what happens on youtube i guess is what they're saying yeah it's like anything else it's as good a resource both from a good information standpoint or bad information as you allow it to be and so that that's good depending on kind of your mental health situation admittedly for so it sure. could be really bad too you know because like you know it could be used for a very like constant confirmation bias resource yeah and that's a that's a fear i, I know it, it is kind of weird that they you know just that podcast and stuff rabbit hole and stuff like they're they're shitting on youtube so much as the algorithm but it's exactly what you said of like it's up to you man like the the entirety of the internet can red pill you or can teach you something beautiful or do anything you want it to. So it's kind of odd to give us this kind of technology and then slap us on the wrist for using it. Us being Gen Zers. (laughs) (laughs) It's also funny to me the idea that it's like, oh, the algorithm is what gets you and it's controlling you. It's like literally all you have to do 
is not click the links they give you. Oh my god, I know. It's really the, very the easy. The one guy in that story is like, and then I saw one on the side, and I clicked it. It's like, okay, <laughs> don't interview a fucking goon. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to not do that thing. <laughs> you know, like, just don't click the thing. Right. Yeah, I, yeah it's, so, it's so wild to me. And yet, you know, I also go, the idea that that quote-unquote argument is given any credence which is inherently problematic as it is. It's like, there is no value in that. Oh, yeah. I mean, as we've seen, most of, it seems at least lately, everything the New York Times has put out has been a lie. So maybe I am red-pilled, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. I feel like I'm pilled in some capacity. Perhaps <laughs> Perhaps I'm uh, frog-pilled. I don't know. What's that, uh, Pepe? Yeah, no, no. I just meant licking a frog. Oh, Maybe I'm- ah, that was a callback. <laughs> but it was, you, you can see where I got confused, right? We were in the world of... No, the problem is that after I said frog pill, I'm like, oh, there is a form of that, actually. I'm sure that is a, an active term on <laughs> many a now defunct subreddits. Yeah. There is a dash pilled for everyone, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> you know, this has been great. I, I don't want to take up more of your time. But what are all, if anything, do you want to uh, point people toward? What do I want to point people towards? You know, right now there's not much. There's a lot of stuff in the works that hopefully will come out and come to fruition and all that sort of stuff. Nothing much. Check out the internet. You know, use the internet. Point. I'll point people to the internet. I'm on it, Phil or Philip. I'm on all my, on all the socials. If you want to hang out, uh, but. Have a good time. Don't be scared of the computer. It's my best friend. It's been my best friend for most of my life. Check out different things. Go to different websites. Look up different interesting topics on YouTube. It's a good resource. Uh, Expand your, you know, mental diet of what you're ingesting. (laughs) Get in some different things in there. Yeah, it's a hell of a resource if if you use it wisely. Amen. (laughs) And hell, it, it got us here, so... Hey, I appreciate that. Right. So th- thank you. Again. This was great. So thank you. Hell yeah, buddy. I'll catch you down in Toad Suck. Indubitably. Toad Suck or bust. Thank you all for listening. Stay safe. Take care. Toodles. <laughs>